Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Before we continue with our, uh, with our service, we just want to take some time to, to remember and to pray for uh, some, some people in our, in our spiritual family. If you follow the news, uh, the, the passing away of Avie. She is actually related to Cynthia and Kawami. And uh, as the elders, we were visiting the family yesterday, encouraging them. And this is really something that, on a national level, we are in mourning because of what has happened. And as a church, we definitely condemn that kind of activity. And we are trusting God for a complete change in our nation, that this is not acceptable on any level that we will never come to the point where it is normal now, that it's just news, that we as the light and the pillar of truth, that we need to be able to stand and say that this is where it stops. So I want us to stand, and I want us to, to pray for each other. Another matter that I felt the Lord was laying on my heart is also uh, parents who have little ones who are starting to become paranoid and allowing anxiety and fear to control your lives. Do not allow that. Amen? In this church, we'll be, we believe in dedicating our children to the Lord, to His purposes. So we're trusting that God is, God is in control. Don't allow the enemy to bring fear into your life. Amen? Don't, don't just also allow your children to just play in the park alone. But don't, don't let fear motivate you. But be discerning. I'm trusting that God is going to lift the level of discernment in our church as well. That we'll be able to sense. Don't ignore if there's a sense that God is giving you about something that's happening. Don't ignore that. You are people of the Spirit. God is most likely going to reveal to you things before they happen. Amen? So just take hands with somebody next to you. Let's begin to just pray for the family. We pray for... For that little one. The word of God says that the kingdom of God belongs to the children. And we know that she is with Jesus. And we know that she is going to receive a glorified body. So we have no concern about her previous body. There is a glorified body that is, that is laid up for her. In the name of Jesus. Leo Ramasia Le Salama Kodomo Santa Labandi Shesalama. Just pray for that family. Pray, pray for our nation. Pray, pray. Ola is in Teleyaranda Ramashik in the Mandala. Layaranda is in the Roshakantana Mandala is in the Landarama Cantada and the Ramakantada Doshan. Yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, God. Arau Shatala. Nantala Bashate Makantaman. Yes, God. Let's show Santa Musaka Mashem. 
Lora Satei Tontamacantale Shasan in the woods. Yes, God, Lias in Palaya Rampanana, Alaya Ramas in Tenemotion, Piganderabasa, Leda Damatinanamacanta, Amanda Labushan, Talamos in Tedemotion, Dere. Yes, Lord, yes, God, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Father, our heart breaks this morning. Our heart breaks, Lord, as we're reminded of evil, Lord God, that is taking place in our nation and our city, Lord God. We lift up a cry this morning, Lord God. Let heaven hear that the church is raising its voice against evil in this nation in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, we lift up that family this morning to you, Lord. We pray that the comfort of your Holy Spirit will be upon them, Lord God. And all the questions that they might have in their hearts, Lord God. That your answer is that you are the hope of the world, Lord God. That there is life after death, Lord God. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, that in the midst of all of this, you are the same, Lord God. You have not changed, Lord. And this morning, Father God, we pray and we reach our hearts out to that family, Lord God. We decree and we declare over our nation that evil will not prosper. We declare and we decree that our children are safe in this nation, Lord God. And so, Father, we pray for the deployment of your angels, Lord, throughout this nation in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that the forces of evil will be resisted, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. We pray for the government in this time, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that you will give them wisdom, Lord God, that you will give them revelation, Lord God, that you will guide them, Lord God, that evil will be, will be subdued in this nation and in this city, Lord God. Father, we pray, Lord, for parents, Lord God, who have fear in their hearts, Lord God. We declare that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, for the gift of discernment, Lord God, the word of knowledge, Lord God, to be upon your people, Lord God. That we can help and assist the police and we can help and assist, Lord God, other parents, Lord God, so that their children are safe in your hands, Lord. So this morning, we praise you. We lift you up, Lord. You are still on the throne. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You know, whenever, whenever there is a destiny moment taking place in our nation, the enemy always attacks children. And you'll be reminded of when Moses was born as a deliverer for, for Israel. That Satan is not sure who, who it is. And so random attacks will take place. Every child under the age of two was to be killed. Every male child. And Moses was able to, to survive that. But there is always an onslaught against children when destiny is being released. And the abortion thing has been going on too long under the radar as if nothing's happening, but it is an onslaught against destiny. When Jesus was born, the same thing happened. Herod put out, put out a decree saying that boys under the age of two should be killed. 
And we will not stand as a church. And the enemy will take, take his plan and continue to destroy. The only thing that is required for evil to prosper is for good men to do nothing. And so we will stand, we will speak, and we will do what is necessary. Amen? Amen. This morning we're starting with a new series on the Word of God. And you might be here this morning saying, Ah, this. Couldn't we have done something about the mark of the beast? Because <laughs> technology is moving fast. We need to learn about the mark of the beast, Daniel. Or couldn't we have learned something about whatever else? But this is what you need. Tell your neighbor, this is what you need. Don't look at me like that. You need this. You need this. And for the next three weeks, we'll be doing a series concerning the Word of God and how, how you get the Word of God into your life. And then how you begin to apply the Word of God in obedience to your life. And then the power of declaring and, and decreeing the Word of God. And when the Word of God begins to become a part of you, it, it takes a hold of your tongue. And God begins to use you as a prophetic voice to begin to shift atmospheres in the earth. So I want to encourage you that in the next three weeks, I don't know if you've brought your Bible with you. If you've got your Bible, just lift it up. <laughs> Not your phone, no Bible. Because <laughs> huh? the mark of the beast will delete those apps. <laughs> Uh, that's just a joke. It's not a teaching. <laughs> Godfrey. So I advise you get one of these. <laughs> I know there are some families, they have that special one with Jesus and the disciples on the top, you know, that, that big Bible. It's not to be read. It's part of the furniture. Right? It's really critical that we understand that we are forfeiting so much in our lives because we are not in the Word of God sufficiently. And many of us, we promote education and we've even uh, sacrificed so much so that our children could go to school. They go to school for 12 years and thereafter it's not enough. We believe that they should go for tertiary education and that takes four to six years depending on the course that you're doing and how many times you have to repeat it. And then after that, there are some of us who still take on master's degrees, doctorates, PhDs, and postdoctorates. And then we do more research, writing research papers and research proposals. And we go on with all sorts of educative in endeavors because it's essential for mankind's progress. And then we only read our Bible casually once in a while. We are privileged if we're in a church that believes in preaching the Bible. And we, we only get about kindergarten level of biblical literacy. Look at your neighbor and say, are you illiterate? <laughs> you might think to yourself, no, I can read and write. In the realm of the Spirit, if you don't know the Word of God, 
you are illiterate. And I'm trusting God that this, this series will help you get a revelation of the importance of the Word of God so that you're able to equip yourself. I remember when I got born again, I was in grade 3. How old are you when you're in grade 3? 9? 9? 9, 10, yeah. And I remember the teacher that led me to the Lord um, in, in terms of being born again, because I come from a, a, a Christian home, but that doesn't mean that you're a Christian, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, you're like, mm. Just because you are born from Christian, fam- from Christian parents doesn't make you a Christian. Amen? You yourself have to become a Christian. You have to repent of your sins. You have to recognize your need for a Savior. And you have to put your trust in Jesus the same way that you would put on a parachute compared to believe in a parachute. A parachute when you are jumping out of a plane. And you have to put on that thing. Some, of, some Christians are the kind of Christians that believe in the parachute. Do you believe in, in the parachute? Yes, I believe. <laughs> and then when you have to jump, you jump without the parachute. The fact that you believe in the parachute must make you put on Christ. Amen? So some of our Bibles look like that. Read me. You know? When it's Easter, (laughs) when it's Christmas. (coughs) But the Word of God says, man shall not live on bread alone. Notice, live. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes and proceeds from the mouth of God. Your life depends on the word. Let's say this together. My life depends on the word. Many of us are starving spiritually, and we blame our preachers, and we blame our connect leader, and we blame whoever else. But that Bible sits in your house, gathering dust. And many times, it's not because we don't have an intention to read, but we don't have a revelation. You don't have a revelation concerning the power of the Word of God and its ability to transform your life. And so it's critical that you get to that point. Now the Bible is unique. Just for those who are skeptics concerning the Bible, you say, no, I'm studying a PhD in molecular biology. It's proven by science and all of that, you know. The Bible is more poetry and story. I don't have time for that kind of thing. The Bible is unique. This book has been the the best-selling book throughout all ages. It it can be accounted for the greatest transformations in nations. If you consider what they call the Enlightenment era, when science started to come forth, it was because it was preceded by the Reformation. And the Reformation was led by a monk called Martin Luther, who made sure that the Bible was not only kept by the Pope and the priests and translated only in Latin so that nobody can read it and so that the church could manipulate you. 
His mission was to get the word of God translated in the language of the common man. So that the common man is able to read the scriptures for himself and get that light into his heart. When that took place, that's when prosperity, we went out of the dark ages in Europe. Into a prosperous time. And you will see whenever the word of God is lacking, evil is at the door. Whenever the word of God is lacking, evil is at the door. Now the Bible is unique because it's a collection of 66 books. Written by different authors. Right? More, more than 40 different people. Writing the same book over a period of 1,600 years, over 60 generations, written in different locations during times of war and peace, and written in different moods and genres, and written on three different continents, in three languages, which is Aramaic and Hebrew and Greek, and it contains hundreds of controversial subjects, and yet they all agree. And, and you don't write the scriptures having necessarily read what is there. There is fresh revelation that God was giving to every author, because revelation from God is progressive. Principle upon principle, precept upon precept. And the thing is aligned completely. And then you find certain archaeological confirmations that are recently being brought out by historians and archaeologists, saying that the Bible said this already so long before, proving the truth. You've got scientific facts that are coming from the scriptures that have been proven during a time when that kind of science was not even available. Just one example. I don't know what the timeline is, probably here from the 1800s going into the 1900s. You had medical doctors delivering babies after doing an autopsy on a dead body. And the mortality rate of women bearing children was almost 80%. So they, they didn't understand that there are germs that are being transferred from dead bodies to the mother and killing the mother. But the Bible, in the book of Leviticus, speaks about how anybody who handles a dead body must stay out of the camp, and there's a process for them to become clean. It's a, it's a principle of being quarantined. Eh? It was discovered just the other day now. But it was in the Bible. When someone is sick and they have a contagious disease, when their body is having a flow, the Bible says, right? Or they've got some kind of disease like leprosy. They are supposed to be out of the camp and say unclean because there is no other way of treating this kind of thing in that time except for that kind of separation. Why? God was revealing to them scientific principles in their code of living. This is in the Bible. And so it's really important that you don't put the Bible in the fiction 
section of your library. Yeah, Jonah and Noah. Children's stories. Now that I'm mature, I don't read that stuff anymore. If those doctors were reading their Bibles, many women would not have died. And so I remember when I, when I got born again in grade three, um, I started reading my Bible. The, the very next day, I remember the chair where I went to sit in the sun, a yellow chair. <laughs> and I opened my Bible to Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. I thought, let me start there. Right? And Psalm 119 speaks about the law of the Lord, the Word of God. And it has an alphabet, Aleph to Taf, A to Z, huh? Alpha to Omega. And it begins to speak about the benefits of the Word of God. How can a man, a young man, keep his way pure? Right? And the Word of God is the secret, it is the secret code for living this life. You need to love this, this one. Sometimes people ask you, what's your favorite book? No, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is my favorite book. What's your favorite book? No, How Many Shades? Mm. What's your favorite book? No, this and that. Huh? What's your favorite book? No, the comic book of this and that. Your favorite book should be this one, and it shouldn't be a cliche. It shouldn't be a cliche like, ah, yeah, 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 I know the Bible. I know the Bible is your favorite book. I mean your real favorite book. <laughs> My real favorite book is the Bible. Amen? And it is so important, especially for those of you who say, no, I am a graduate, I'm a tertiary education graduate. I hope you know your Bible. Otherwise, you are illiterate. Amen? So, let's look here at Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. What is the Word of God? And this is the, the creation account, and it says that God said, and it says that the earth was formless and void, and the Spirit of God was hovering upon the waters. This is a revelation of something that nobody can know. <laughs> nobody can know who was there in the beginning to, to supervise God's creation and say, yes, Lord, well done. Nobody was there. But the person who is writing this is Moses, who was 40 days in a mountain and 40 nights, not eating, not drinking, getting revelation from God. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. The creation is a manifestation of the words of God. Look at your neighbor. That is a manifestation of the words of God. That beauty, that attitude, <laughs> that joy. That is a manifestation of the word of God. You are a living being. By the word of God. Amen. And so you need to understand that when we're talking about the word of God. It is the, the thoughts of God who are combined and, and contained in written form. John 1 verse 1 says. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And 
How many things? All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Everything, everything that exists is a manifestation of the word of God. The next verse says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. Yeah, this was Jesus incarnating. He is the, he is the incarnate word of God. The book of Revelations calls him the Word of God. Right? So Jesus is the manifested Word of God. When, when the prophets said he sent his Word and healed them. It's a manifestation of Jesus coming to the earth and bringing restoration in a manifest way. So when we're telling you, you got to know the Word of God, we're actually telling you, you got to know God. Hebrews 11 verse 3, it starts with verse 1 saying, Faith is the substance of the things we hope for, eh? the evidence of things not seen. Eh? By faith they got a good report, the elders got a good report. And then it says, by faith we understand that what? The universe. Another translation says the worlds and the ages was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So it doesn't mean that it is not real. It means that it is real, but it is not visible. The word of God is something. It is a thing. It is a thing. It is a materiality. Some of us, I wish you knew this in grade 3. The attack of the enemy is on the word of God, I tell you. That's all. He doesn't need to spend much time trying to distract you from whatever. He just robs you of the word of God. Just keeps you from hearing the truth. Oh, that's all. You will self-destruct. Amen? So, we know that the world was created by things that are invisible. And science tells us, right, that the building blocks of matter are invisible. But the Bible said that a long time ago. <laughs> said it a long time ago. Right? And the, the, the sound frequencies that are in creation give you an idea concerning what is sustaining life in the universe. It says he holds it together by the word of his power. This is why Christianity is not like other religions. We are not busy with some kind of do's and don'ts to try and appease a God. This is realities. These are realities, not religions, realities. Amen? But if you don't know the Bible, you will not know these things. Give us the next one. So the word is the source of life. Two things that the word is to you. Life and light. The word is the source of life. As we were reading, John 1 verse 4, it says, In him, Jesus, in the word, was life. The word is Zoe. It is the, the, the life of God. 
not just the, the plant bios. It's not just bios, like natural life. It is the essence, the real life is in the word. And that life was the, the what? The light of all mankind. Imagine our universe dark. Can life exist in a dark universe? Impossible. Impossible. If, it, if the sun darkens today, we will freeze now. We will die now. We are just the right distance <laughs> from the sun to be able to ripen the tomatoes. Just the right If we were any closer, some of us who are not dark enough would start burning and then the rest of us will follow suit. If we were any further, we would die from freezing. We are just the right, the right distance. <laughs> For those who say it was an accident, or we are just the right distance and then we have to be tilted. The earth is just tilted right and just turning at the right, <laughs> at the right speed by accident apparently. No, it was designed like that. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So what is essential to you is you are born of the Word of God. If you are born again, hmm? all the mummies are like, mm, I want one. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> huh? We are born. <laughs> Sorry, there was a Freudian slip there. Okay, we are born of the seed of the Word of God, okay? Some of you, you need to realize that when you're born again, it is not just a philosophical thing that takes place. You are not just changing your ideas. I didn't like God before, now I change to liking Him. No, you are actually recreated. It says, he that is in Christ is a new creation. You are actually recreated by birth. This is why Christianity is not by membership, subscription, or parental birth. It has to be by your own birth. The kingdom of God can only be accessed by being born into it, like royalty. Okay, so 1 Peter 1 verse 23 says, You have been born again, not of perishable or corruptible seed, but of the imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. Meaning that as a Christian, your very essence and nature is so familiar and acquainted with the Word of God. You are dependent on the source. And it says in 1 Peter 2, it says, Like newborn babies, crave the pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. What is the pure spiritual milk? It's the Word of God. Tell your neighbor, crave it. Leave those chocolates and that coffee. Some of us in the morning, oh, I can't go through my day without having my cup of coffee. Oh, you know, I don't want to hurt my, you know. You need to calm down and realize that what you actually need is the Word of God in the morning. Amen? Two cups of the Word of God in the morning. A little bit from the Old Testament, a little bit from the New Testament with cream on top. Amen? Really? Some of us, I don't know what is up with this coffee cult. 
You know, everyone is in it. Godfrey, I said, no, give me juice. Right? We need to realize that the word of God is what we need. Not coffee and all sorts of other cravings. More than you need a husband, you need the word of God. More than you need money, you need the word of God. More than you need all the friends in the world and the popularity and all the profiles that need to be followed, you need the word of God. Amen? Why? This word of God is imperishable. It says that you have something that lasts forever. It is not the temporary things that will be able to sustain you. It is the eternal things. And you need a revelation. I pray this morning that you will begin to get a revelation concerning the word of God in your life. So the word is a source of life. It is the source of light. Any area in your life where you need life, the word of God is what you need. Any area in your life where you need light, the word of God is what you need. John 1, same scripture, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. Not just the light of the Christians. Do you see that the message of Jesus is not just for the Christians. It is for the whole universe. Even those who are principalities and rulers in other realms. They are subjected to the word of God. This is why when you wield the sword of the spirit, when you have the word of God, all other demonic principalities are subject to that word. You are able to bring influence not only in this realm, but in the realms that affect this realm. And many of us have played the victim because we have not been acquainted with the essence of the word of God that is supposed to be your strength. But someone is realizing it this morning, it's going to change. So the word is a light source. I need a blindfold. Ash, that's, that's, where are the ashes? Where is that, you know, being slain skirt? <laughs> it, there it is. <laughs> huh? Now the men will not want to put it on. No, I'm fine. <laughs> I won't fall. Jürgen, please come. Huh? Now what he's got as an advantage, he's seen the room before. Just remove the glasses, you won't need them. <laughs> huh? That's how the ashes tie it. <laughs> okay. Okay, you again. I want you to make your way to the bathroom. Yes, to the bathroom. Quickly, uh, don't waste our time. We have a, a second service. Don't ask anybody. You are alone here. <laughs> Be careful. That's someone's wife. Okay, Tafatwa, please help him. T 
Take him by the hand, brother, and lead him to the door. You got to trust him, Yoga. He can see. Okay, just bring him back. Now imagine the terrain is filled with landmines, holes and chasms and traps of the enemy. Right? And you are trying to navigate through your life blindfolded. Blindfolded. The best you can do is to just stand still. Yeah? And what happens if you don't know whether there's a landmine in front of you? Thank you, Yoga. What, what do you do when, when, when you know that it's a dangerous terrain, you don't have perception? What do you do? You will just stand still. It's the safest bet. Rather than take a chance and make the situation difficult. Huh? And it's so important, when you are born again, the lights are going on. But the word of God says that the entrance of thy words brings light. Revelation. You need in your life as a believer, you, you, many, many of you, many of you are like this. Not only because once you get born again, your eyes are open, but there is something called deception. Tell your neighbor, deception. It's a blindfold of the devil. It's sophisticated and invisible. I can't tell if you have it on, but <laughs> through your actions I can tell that you are deceived. You need wisdom. You need knowledge. You need revelation. You need insight. You need understanding. You need truth. Where are you going to get that? Lord, give me understanding. Give me knowledge of the scriptures. You can pray for it all you want. You need to read. Or you need to listen. Today there's uh, like those Bible apps audio apps for those of us who books are our kryptonite so you need to listen to the word of God <laughs> amen you need to get involved in the scripture tell your neighbor read your Bible please do it for me do it for me please do it for me I'm your friend I need you to be alright <laughs> yeah yeah Colossians 3 verse 16 it says let the word of Christ dwell in you Richly. Some of us, the word of Christ dwells in us poorly. When we are in a situation, our friends will not come to us for advice because we will only quote those people on the Instagram. Celebrity quotes and all sorts of things. We need the word of God. Tell me the word of God. Read your Bible. Word of God needs to dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Imagine we're preaching this message and there are no Bibles in Namibia. Because in some nations, we've heard from the guys from Martyrs, and we're uh, partnering now with them to send Bibles into certain regions. Imagine in some nations, there are no Bibles. You just got born again. There are no Bibles. And you have four or five different translations, different languages, right? And you have that one, that big one on the dining table that is not to be read. Tell your neighbor, read that Bible. (laughs) 
crack it open and read it. So, so now this is important because those of us who are very academic, we will approach the scriptures in an academic way, you know. And then we are reading, you know, making notes and, you know, going into the Greek and the Hebrew and all of that. There's one guy that said he only knows a little Greek and a little Hebrew. One owns a jewelry store <laughs> at the main road and another a deli at the mall. But you don't have to necessarily know the Greek and the Hebrew of the scriptures. You just need to start. But your inclination of your heart should not be for just knowledge to puff you up. What you want is encounter. John 5 verse 39, Jesus is having once again his altercations with, with the religious establishment. Uh, the other day, when was it last week, I was watching the book of John, it's a movie, and this Jesus is so controversial. If you actually <laughs> watch it in a movie, you will see how the things he's saying, like to anyone who's reading this morning, eat my flesh and drink my blood if you don't eat my flesh. And he doesn't explain, I'm talking about communion, he doesn't explain. People are like, how can you, how can this man, he has a demon. This man, we've already told you, you have a demon. This is in the Bible. Right? And he's having, once again, his altercations with the religious establishment. And he tells them, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have the object of God is not knowledge without encounter. Every time you are in the Word of God, you are hearing for the living God to speak to you. Not just for you to know the Scriptures so that it puffs you up in your, self, in your sense of qualification before God. God does not require you to be qualified in Scriptures to save you. But what he wants is that the word of God will be a door into encounter. Even on Sundays when we are sharing with you messages here, it is so that you've got a way to encounter God even in a new way. Amen? Go back, go back. So it's, it's critical that when you are reading your Bible, read it to know God. Read it to know God. Some of us, we pray every day, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to hear your voice. And we, we sing it with all of our heart. And then, will you ever read the Bible? No. I, I need to hear from God himself. I know the Bible is there. I, I want God himself. You don't realize that this is God's words. These are the words of God. They are living and active. They are sharper than any two-edged sword. They are able to discern the intents and the motives of your heart, and they are able to penetrate even between your bone and your marrow. There where the cells are being produced. Okay. So, you start with information. You read the Bible just to know what is there. Information. Then you go to Revelation. Ah, that's Revelation. Your, the light is going on. You are realizing something. 
Even a scripture that you've read so many times before, you now see something like, wow, I've never seen this before. This is the Holy Spirit bringing light to you. Right? After that, it leads you to transformation. This is where you want to go. Amen? Now, the importance of context is this. The Bible is a book that is structured in a certain way, and it is many times a compilation of letters and books that are written to specific audiences. Do you understand? And it is important that you understand the context so that you know what is being said to who. Once you know that, then you can un interpret what the Word of God is in that, in that passage. There was a woman, and I've told this to the Bible school students, there was a woman, she was struggling in a marriage. And uh, there was another guy that she liked, and uh, he was probably more handsome, more spiritual, <laughs> more whatever, you know, whatever. Anyway, so more handsome, more spiritual, more whatever, right? More money. So came to the pastor and said, Pastor, you know, I'm, my marriage is not well. My husband is this, my husband is that, my husband is this, my husband is that, right? And uh, then the pastor said, no, let's pray together, you know. I, I, I'm going to pray for you that you will receive a word from God. Just stay in the word of God, you know. Receive a word from God that will give you clarity. No, but pastor, I want to leave my husband and I want, I want to go with, with this man. He's a gift from God to me, you know. And the pastor is like, my sister, please, you know. <laughs> just, just remember the vows and all of that. Right? But God will speak to you. Amen. Be, be, receive the word. Amen. She went home. And started to read the scriptures. Right? And then she came across that passage that says, Take, put off the old man. <laughs> and, and put on the new man. <laughs> she said, Hallelujah. <laughs> the Lord is great. <laughs> Immediately she went to the pastor and says, ah, I left my husband. <laughs> I left my husband. Because God spoke to me. God spoke to you? Yeah, through the word of God, through a scripture. Really? Yeah, which scripture? No, he said to me, put off the old man and put on the new man. Eh? I'm telling you that this, this is many people's experience. They, they, they're reading the Bible, it's like this. Bible roulette. And I've done this, you know, when you are still a young believer, the Lord will, will help you even if you're, you know, Lord speak to me. When you then say, I am God in the presence of those who kill you. Amen. <laughs> if you don't like that scripture, what you'll usually do is like, oh, Holy Spirit, one more time. <laughs> now they grope through the streets as if they were blind. Amen. <laughs> Let me fast. Right? And this is not how you should read your Bible. <laughs> you should read your Bible, get the information, get the big picture. Right? You've got to know how the story flows and all of that. Take your time. Right? And then get the revelation and then you will see the Lord will begin to speak to you. Now, if you're, you, you still don't have the information, the Lord can speak to you through that Bible roulette stuff. But just check it with your brother and sister that actually reads their Bible. Amen? If you take the text, one preacher said, if you take the text out of context... You are left with a con. And many people are being conned because they read the text out of context. 
All right, so these steps, take note, Proverbs 4, verse 20. As we go this week and for the next couple of weeks, make this your practice. It says, my son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. What he's saying there is pay attention and take time out. So you're on your path. You're doing your business. You're doing your work. You're doing your studies. And what it says is you're on this road. And then you notice something on the side. Then you have to stop and incline. This is, it, it's like a dog perking its ears. Incline your ear. This is what you need to do. You need to actually make time in your day to incline your ear to the sayings of the Word of God. It can't just be, as I go along, here comes maybe a WhatsApp from the pastor. Okay, it's in. Take time to incline your ear. All right? And then let them not escape from your sight. There's a good practice that I've seen people do, putting up scriptures. This is good. Put it up. Okay, because throughout the day you are uh, watching billboards of beer and debt and all sorts of things. You need to see the billboards of the scriptures. Okay, put it on the fridge. Even if, you're, if, you're, if your relatives don't like it, you know, put it on there. Okay, don't let them escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, not just in your head. Within your heart, for they are life to those that find them and Healing, the word is medicine, to all their flesh. The word of God is a vitamin. <laughs> it is a vitamin supplement to your flesh. It goes to the bone and the marrow. Do you understand, church? Are we together? Amen. Amen? And this is something that you have to take for yourself. doesn't matter who's sitting next to you today, whether they will do it or not. This is for you. It says keep your heart, protect your heart. So you put the word in your heart and then you garrison it. Like an army, you surround your heart with all vigilance because from your heart will flow the springs of life. So what you do is you take the word of God, you internalize it, you ingest it until you begin to get revelation. Once you have revelation, the transformation takes place. But there is an incubation period. The word of God is seed in your heart that needs time to germinate. And it needs time to germinate without you having all sorts of weeds and thorns and all sorts of things. That's why you need to take time out to be in the word. In closing... No Bible, no breakfast. No Bible, no bed. Tell your neighbor, no Bible, no breakfast. Now smile at them. <laughs> and then tell them, no Bible, no bed. Amen? So this morning, I really want to encourage us. We're continuing next week. We're going to talk next week about how you get to a place where you apply the Word of God. You know? And it is critical that during this week, I want to encourage you every single day. If today you haven't been in the Word on your own, this doesn't count. This is on, on top. Go have your time in the Word of God. Even on Sunday, some of us are like, no, I'm on, on, on spiritual leave on Sunday. <laughs> no. no, even on Sunday, get in the Word of God. If you've got children, teach them the Word of God. Get an easy Bible, get them a, a quiet time time, and begin with the, with the interesting stories. Like David killed Goliath, Samson, uh, Delilah, those kind of things, depending on the age, of course. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let us stand. Um,
as I was preparing, uh, I had a sense that there were people here, you, you're struggling with some kind of problem in your kneecaps, problem in your kneecaps, and then problem with your intestines, and then another one, problem with the, like this top part, I don't know what it is in, in English. Huh? What? Your palate. Yeah, there's something wrong there. And I really believe that God has been ministering to you throughout this, this service. And you're going to be, be healed. Just check on that. And yeah, if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you're not born again, I want to pray with you. I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life. So if you're here this morning, you want to receive Christ, just raise your hands before we close so that we can pray for you. If there's someone like that here. Is there anybody? Anybody like that here? All right, no. Okay, so I really want to encourage you. If you need prayer, if you need ministry, the leaders will be here at the end of the service. Put your hand on your heart. Let's say this together, Lord. Thank you. I may have nothing, but I have your word. Change my heart. I repent for my attitude towards your word. I've despised the value of your word compared to other things. Come and renew my mind. Change my attitude. Give me a hunger for your word. Give me a desire to know you through your word. Show me marvelous things through your word. Empower me through your word. Raise me up through your word. Prosper me through your word. Lead me through your word. Enlight my path through your word. Today, I receive grace. I receive your enablement to understand the Word of God. I thank you for your Holy Spirit, my teacher, my coach, my helper, who will lead me into all truth. This morning, I turn a new page. I start afresh with new eyes upon your Word. I thank you, Lord, that you are so pleased with me because of what Christ has done for me. I thank you, Lord, that my future is bright because of your word. We worship you, Lord, in Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray for every single person that's here this morning. I thank you, Lord, that your, your word does not return void. And this morning, as we are going out, Lord, that the seeds that have been sowed in our hearts this morning will bear much fruit in families, in single people's lives, Lord God, young people, old people, Lord God, men and women, Lord God, whatever the culture, whatever the background, Lord, that your word will be alive, Lord God, in our hearts afresh, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you will bring revelation to us like never before, Lord God. That you'll keep us from deception because of your word, Lord God. That your word will wash us from all the defilements of the, of the world and all the things that we see and hear in the media and everything. That your word will purify and wash us, Lord God. 
that your word will make us bold in our faith when we pray that your word will teach us lord god what to expect from you lord god how to go about our day lord god i pray especially for marriages lord god this morning that are not following the word of god i pray in the name of jesus that marriages lord will begin to humble themselves under the word of god that hum husbands and wives will humble themselves under the word of god and begin to expect Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.